0: You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Uh, all right, so yes, I have the joy of sharing with us um, from the Word today, and um, I'm following on from Joel last week as we looked, we began looking at the Book of Galatians, and we're bringing it home today. Um, So how about we pray together as um, we start, as we open the word of God. Loving God, we thank you for your word. Um, We put our faith firmly in um, these scriptures. Lord, we believe that you've revealed yourself to us through the scripture and we believe that you continue to speak to us today, Holy Spirit, through your word. And um, so we just want to have hearts that are open to you this morning, Holy Spirit, to speak to us, um, to reveal more of the the freedom of living um, that you have for us through what Jesus Christ has done, what we just remembered in communion that Cam led us in. Lord, um, we want to continue to go forward in our faith today. So we ask the Holy Spirit, you give us ears to hear, eyes to see what you would have us see this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, last week, Joel began um, He began this journey that we're going on these, these two weeks in the book of Galatians. And... Um, encouraged us in the foundational theme of Galatians last week, uh, that Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia, this encouragement that Paul gave to the churches in Galatia, it applies just as much to us today as 21st century believers as it did back then. And this foundational theme is this, that we are justified. And that's a a word that we use to say that we are brought into right relationship with God by grace, through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Amen? There's nothing else. You know, the central message of the whole Bible. Something's funny on my... Ah, oh, there we go. I won't, I won't fade in and out then. The central message of the whole Bible, beginning in Genesis, ending in Revelation, is that all people, everywhere, all times, in all generations, we have chosen to live in rebellion, apart, living life apart. From our holy and loving Creator. You know, we've chosen to do life on our own terms, making a life that seems good to us, um, without reference to God, seeking to be our own little G God. We've pursued this path in its very for- various forms, and sometimes those forms aren't even what we necessarily think of. When we think of sin. You know, it can be the pursuit of comfort, of pleasure, of peace, power, control, wealth, acclaim, honor just leisure and pleasure to our own peril because in doing so we've estranged ourselves from our maker who desires and we said earlier i think justin said in worship designed us to find true meaning and satisfaction only in union with him but the scriptures go on to reveal as we just celebrated in communion but god rich in jesus god's son He came down to this mess of a world that we had made in seeking to rule lives, to live our lives on our own terms, in our own ways. And he showed us the way to our heavenly father. You know, our hearts were in need of transformation. We needed to desire to want to do new things, to live life joyfully submitted to our father, to our maker. And Jesus, he lived in union with God. He died in our place to atone, to make amends for. You know, the Bible says there is a penalty for sin. There's a penalty for our rebellion. And that penalty is death, eternal estrangement from the Father. But Jesus lived the perfect life so that he could die that death in our place, the death that we were destined to die forever, apart from God. Jesus did that on our behalf. He took that penalty on our behalf and he was raised to life again in order to usher the way in for all of us to a new way of living, you know, free. Once we were slaves to our sins, slaves to our own rebellion, those things that we thought would satisfy us have never satisfied us. We can all attest to that, yes? Those things that we once pursued in life as meaningful and giving us satisfaction and rest and hope and peace, they never satisfied. Now we are free. We're not slaves to that again. That's good news. Once we were dead in our sin, there was no life to be found in, and now we are alive in Christ. We are new creations. And so the central message of Galatians is this. We have restored relationship with God because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. This salvation that means relationship restored is by grace. That means to say it's a free gift of God paid entirely at his expense, not ours, but made ours through faith. That means we simply thank God for it and joyfully receive it as ours, as we would a gift at Christmas or a birthday. We just, by faith, we say, thank you, and we receive it as ours. We receive that gift that Jesus died in our place so that we can live forever with God. It's good news, it's good news. And Paul, through his letter in Galatians, he both encourages and he warns us that we can do nothing absolutely nothing to add to this glorious forgiveness of our rebellion. We're going to switch microphones. The forgiveness of our rebellion towards God, that's to say our sin, settled by Jesus' death on our behalf. He says you can add nothing to that. Don't even try. There is nothing you could do to make yourself more acceptable to God than what Jesus has already done. Nothing, no good works, no inner self-improvement, no number of friends that we could help introduce to Jesus, no happy life, no number of prayer journals that we fill, no success we could ever attain, nothing. Your salvation, your being put into right relationship with God, friends again with God, is purely because of what jesus has done simply rest in the goodness of god that's what paul says through galatians and so this morning we're just going to dive deeper into the incredible spiritual realities that are ours to live that are ours to enjoy as believers as those who put our faith in jesus because of this grace that god has poured out on us are we ready let's read together from galatians chapter 3 26 through to 4, verse 7. It'll be behind me, but open it in your Bibles if you like as well. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. That's what we were just saying. For as many as you as were baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I think as Billy Graham once famously said, the foot uh, the ground is level at the foot of the cross the ground is level at the foot of the cross all accepted and if you are Christ's then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise and we remember there that all the way back in the Old Testament Abraham is considered the father of faith you know God called Abraham out to uh, begin a new nation a people who would choose to worship God and all that Abraham did the Bible says that Abraham's faith, was credited to him as righteousness. He was made right with God because he had just had faith in him. And so we're seeing here, we are Abraham's offspring, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. It's like we're following the footsteps of Abraham because he was the first to follow God by faith in that way. Paul goes on to say, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. What Paul's getting at there, and we read earlier in Galatians, we looked at last week, is that the purpose of the law, you know, the law that was given to Moses, that Israelites followed for millennia, was to lead us to Christ, was to show up our need for a saviour, that God's standard is here, he's holy God We can only be brought into right relationship with him when our hearts desire to want to serve him. We could never attain to any level of perfection by ourselves. The law was put there to show our need for a saviour, that we could never do it on our own, as Paul said, all through Galatians. In the same way also, when we were children, that is when we lived apart from Christ or under the law, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. And this is the exciting part. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem, to buy back, to make his own, those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Did you get that? He redeemed those who were under the law so that. Why did he do it? so that we might receive adoption as sons. And that is an inclusive term for daughters, by the way. Not just the men here, not just the males of the world, the women too. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son, Jesus, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's like the most affectionate term that you could use for a father. It's like saying, Dad, Daddy. You are no longer a slave. We're not under the law anymore, but we are sons. And if a son, then an heir through God. How incredible is that? So after making the case that it is by grace through faith alone in Jesus' finished work on the cross that anyone comes into restored relationship with God, Paul unveils this incredible truth to us, a reality that is so wonderful, so incredible, that if we are to give ourselves fully to it, it will actually change our lives now and forever. And that truth we read just before is this, that anyone who puts their faith in Jesus to forgive our rebellious hearts to bring us back into right relationship with the Father, with God the Father. Anyone who does this is adopted as a son or daughter of the living God. How amazing. God's Spirit sent into our hearts when we receive with joy all that Jesus has done to make possible this restored relationship between us and our maker his spirit affirms this incredible father-child relationship that we now get to enjoy as adopted children more than that as heirs with christ our spirits call out abba like dad daddy friends this morning we should know we don't just scrape into the kingdom of god we don't just make it in we don't sit on the sidelines in God's family like as some tolerated child we don't just have legal status like our birth certificate says child of God it's not just some legal arrangement God wants to be known and reveals himself to us as our loving heavenly father our dad in heaven we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. He has redeemed us. That means He's bought us from all our destruction by His blood, by His death on the cross. He's redeemed us so that we would share in all of the incredible blessings of knowing Him, of communing with Him, of enjoying relationship with Him. Our good, good Father. This is incredible, friends. We just let this sink in and seep deep down into our spirits. If we have faith in Jesus Christ today, if we've submitted to his love and authority in our lives and His finished work on the cross to forgive our sin, our rebellious hearts, God longs today that you would know that you are his child. Right now, where you're seated or if you're listening online or later in the week online, you are his child. In his work, Children of the Living God, Scottish theologian and pastor, Sinclair Ferguson, he writes this, and I just find this incredible. The notion that we are children of God, his own sons and daughters, is the mainspring of Christian living. Our sonship or daughtership, collective term sonship, daughtership to God is the apex it's the highest point it's the highest purpose of creation and the goal of redemption our sonship our being sons and daughters of God and knowing that in our hearts that is the point of it all the point of it all you know we see all the way back in Genesis in the garden God made humankind in his image. That is to say, he made us as his children and to rule with him, to partner with him in stewarding this beautiful world that we get to enjoy. We were made to know God. That was the whole point in the beginning. We were made to bring honour to him, which I think as was prayed earlier, that comes about as we enjoy him. It's as simple as that. Like God is honoured. God is most uh, glorified in us, as John Piper would say, when we are most satisfied in him we were made to enjoy intimacy with god we were made to delight in god you know i think of the westminster shorter catechism what does it say what is the chief end of man the chief end of man is to glorify god and to enjoy him forever forever How incredible, what a gift that we have. You know, we don't come into God's family in order to serve him, to, you know, to fulfill his agenda. Of course, we want to joyfully serve him in all of his goodness, to share his love with the world. But we come into his kingdom to be known as sons and daughters. That's what it's all about. Relationship restored. You know, I love Colin Buchanan's song. Our kids play in the car sometimes. It's Live in the Gospel. And I think the lyrics of it speak so well to this truth. It says, the gospel is the garden, not the gate. You know, it's often said the gospel's not your ticket to heaven. This is what this is getting at. The gospel is the garden to, enjoy, to be enjoyed, not the gate. The gospel is the marriage, not the date, not the reservation. It's the flight. More than just the sunrise, it's the light. Wake in it. Walk in it. Eat, sleep, talk in it. If you believe in it, live in the gospel. Run in it, rest in it, take every breath in it. Jesus, our righteousness, live in the gospel. Enjoy God, enjoy being known as his son or daughter. Um, Well-known theologian, J.I. Packer, in his best-selling book, Knowing God, he says this, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and the whole outlook, his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all adoption is the highest privilege the gospel offers adoption is the highest privilege the gospel offers not justification by which we mean God's forgiveness of the past together with his acceptance of the future that this is the primary and fundamental blessing is not in question means you have to be justified you have to be made right with God in order to enjoy being known as his son or daughter but adoption is higher because of the richer relationship with God that it involves. I think, you know, we can as believers, those of us who believe or put our faith in Jesus Christ, we can, we can know this at one level, can't we? We can know it theoretically, we can know it conceptually, a cerebral level. We can, we can say, yep, I believe that. I know that I'm a son or a daughter of a living God. But to actually feel that. To sense that, to know that beyond just a legal status, that I am God's child is another thing entirely, isn't it? It absolutely is another thing. And um, one of the Puritan leaders um, back, you know, however long ago, how many centuries ago, Thomas Goodwin, he knew this. And he once gave this picture to illustrate the difference, how our enjoyment of our status as a son or a daughter of god changes everything in our christian walk he says this and you might like to close your eyes as i say it because it's a picture playing out he says picture this a man walking along a road with his little boy or girl holding hands the child knows the man is his father and that his father loves him but then imagine this the father suddenly stops scoops the child up in his arms swings him around laughing joy-filled eyes locked on his child's eyes and then heaves the child onto his shoulders to continue their stroll is the child any more the father's son or daughter than they were before when they were walking hand in hand no but the enjoyment the enjoyment of their relationship so much more so much more this friends this is the nature of relationship of intimacy of safety and love loving peace-filled relationship that our loving God invites us to enjoy with him as his son as his daughter today we are saved by God's grace through faith in what Jesus did on the cross and when he rose to life again we are all adopted as children with full rights of the air so that we would enjoy Christ forever. That's the so that that we read back in that chapter in Galatians, in Galatians 4 there. So that we would be adopted. Today, friends, do you know, not just here, but here deep in your heart, that you are his child, his son, his daughter? And do you enjoy the fullness of that relationship? If that is more of a cerebral or conceptual idea at this point in time, I encourage you, spend some time in God's Word in worship and just meditate on that and allow the Spirit to speak to your heart about that. He wants that you would enjoy Him forever. Paul's New Testament letters, you know, they follow a similar order. He begins by laying down patterns of right thinking and right believing. You know, we call this orthodoxy, right believing. And then he follows this up by showing how this right believing leads us to right living. And Galatians is no different. So having shown how believers aren't slaves to doing right, doing good, doing this, doing that to earn God's favour or his acceptance rather that we as we saying just now we are children of the living god wholly accepted and loved through jesus paul goes on to stress that this adoption brings with it immense freedom incredible freedom for living it's like saying through the rest of his letter you have no idea just how free you actually are when you've come into god's family through jesus enjoy your freedom Live as free. Don't be trapped by the human inclination to earn God's favour again. Don't be tempted to feel you need to do this, or do this, do that, or don't do this, don't do that. You're free. You've already been completely accepted. There's no need to fear. There's nothing you could do to make God love you more or less than he already does because of the perfect blood of Jesus that was spilled on your behalf, that forgave your rebellion and won restored relationship. Live joyfully submitted to Christ, secure, knowing that you are his child. In Galatians 5 1, Paul urges, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Some people talk and you might have heard it yourself of the need to walk in the Christian walk, this fine line between legalism, that means the do's and the don'ts, doing the right thing, not doing this thing and a walk of licentiousness, which means anything goes. You know, because Jesus has freed me, because he's died on my behalf, I can essentially live however I want because his blood pays the price for my sin. That's sort of the line that some people talk of the need to walk between legalism on one side and uh, this licentiousness and anything goes type of approach to life as a Christian. But quite frankly, I think Paul would say this, is, this idea of this tightrope walk is quite contrary to everything that he has already made the case for in his epistles. He's saying if we, living, if we are living truly, deeply from a place of joy and peace, knowing that we're completely loved and accepted by, as God's adopted children because of the extravagant grace that Jesus has shown us on the cross. And we are heirs too at that, remember. I don't think we even have a full idea of what that entails yet in this life, heirs with Christ. But if we are living in that place, the question, how much can I get away with, or the alternative question, what more do I need to do to earn my salvation, to earn my right standing with God, they won't factor in at all. There's no need for those questions anymore. You know, does a wife completely captivated by her husband's love and devotion for her, feeling utterly safe in their relationship, does she ask herself, how much flirting can I engage with with my coworker before it becomes inappropriate? No, not at all. The idea doesn't even enter her thinking. She is captivated by the love of her husband for her and the love that she has for him in return. And, you know, similarly, when we are captivated by Christ and the knowledge that we are entirely accepted, entirely loved as his children, we won't even desire to flirt with the world. We don't desire to rebel anymore. We know there's nothing more that we can do to earn God's favour and we don't want to do anything other than what's within his spirit, within his will. Now, here clearly this morning, this is not to say, this is really important, this is not to say that we don't ever fall into temptation, though, as believers. Romans 7 and so many other places in the Bible show us that we can and we will still struggle with our old nature from time to time. We don't lose favour with God when we are tempted and when we fall um, into temptation, okay? Your salvation is secure because of what Jesus did and nothing else, nothing else, okay? We come and we repent and we turn and we say, God, I want to live right with you. I know this is the place where fullness of life really is. So don't hear that wrong this morning. What I am saying, however, is that our freedom, the freedom that we have of our secure, safe, loving relationship with Christ as his children, it doesn't pose a danger to our new life because our desires, our hearts, they've been changed forever by his love. Like Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. We remember last week, that was one of the big issues going around of the day. Do we need to be circumcised still because we're believers, even if we're not Jewish? Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Galatians 5 13 and 14, You, my brothers, sisters... We're called to be free. Don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbour as yourself. This is the, the clincher. Our freedom in Christ Jesus leads us to love others as Christ loves us. The Spirit dwelling in our hearts, confirms our adoption. It says, yes, you are adopted as sons and daughters, loved by God. And this lived reality is what guides our life choices, our worship response to God's love, to his generosity. And as we live from this place of acceptance in the glory of a good, loving, generous Heavenly Father, our lives, Paul says, will increasingly bear the fruit of that. In keeping with his spirit living in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You can read that in Galatians 5. And many other good fruits of the spirit. You know, we'll be able to sense that we are being transformed moment by moment, day by day, season by season, in the light of God's presence living in us. Having come to God through faith in Jesus adopted into his family we don't now strive to do better do more of this more of that to earn God's favor Paul says we are free we are free because of Jesus and our hearts are transformed by his love to desire to walk in step with the spirit As we wrap up this message and our look at the book of Galatians and what encouragement God's spirit would bring to us through its pages, um, I felt that Dane Ortland's reflection in his book, Surprised by Jesus, which I've been reading lately, it sums up all that we've been talking about so well. He says this, The portrait of discipleship. we say discipleship, that means how we we go on to live as God's children, having come to Christ, how we then live the rest of our lives in step with God's Spirit. The portrait of discipleship painted by the New Testament is that our first discovery of the gospel is the inauguration of an entire life of increasingly sensitised wonder at his grace. That's only the first taste when we first come to Christ. We are increasingly find ourselves in this place of wonder at what Jesus has done, the grace that he's given us. goes on to say, the gospel is not the runway to the Christian life, getting us off the ground at conversion, landing us in heaven at death, but irrelevant in between. It's not the runway. The gospel is the engine getting us off the ground, landing us, and keeping us in the air all along. The gospel is the engine to our lives we stay in that place increasingly sensitized at the wonder of God's grace that is what fuels our discipleship our day-to-day walk with Jesus and our growth in the light of his presence just enjoying him wondering at his gospel that is where growth and transformation happens that's the type of life that God intended for us to enjoy all the way along We remember that the whole point, the mainspring, as we said earlier, of Christian living is to be known, not merely at a conceptual, a theoretical level, but in the deepest parts of our souls as sons and daughters of God. If we worship God in light of this, if we meditate on this long enough, asking his spirit to really bring it to life in our hearts, To make it a reality for us, that that know that you know that you know type of experience, that we are God's son, that I am God's daughter. Treasuring Christ, we will be utterly changed, completely changed. You know, nothing in this life, no pleasure, no pain, no trial, no achievement, no success, nothing can touch us nothing can shake us of course we will be shaken by the things of life but at our core we will be able to stand firm secure filled with hope a joyful expectation knowing that these are just the first fruits of what Jesus has redeemed us for enjoyment of God forever i am a child of god amen so this morning as we Bring this all to a close. Um, I really do feel there's always, you know, you don't even need to sense it. There's always an opportunity for us to experience more of the goodness of God in our lives as we go about our day-to-day walk and as we meet corporately in this type of setting. There's always that invitation there for us to grab hold of. And I feel there's an opportunity, an invitation for us today to again sense the goodness of God Fresh in our lives, reminding us, again, not at a conceptual level, but deep in our hearts that we are God's children, to cry out, Abba, Father, and to be changed in the light of his love for us, to receive from him, to commune with him, to enjoy with him. Maybe you'd just like to close your eyes where you are. I'm going to read again that, um, that picture that, uh, of Thomas Goodwin's. And I invite you, as I read it again, to imagine that you are the child. If you didn't do this earlier, imagine that you are the child holding the hand of the Father as you walk. And just allow God's Spirit, as you do, to minister to your own, to lead you where he would lead your heart this morning. Imagine this, a man, the man is God, God our Father, walking along a road with his little boy or girl, holding hands, you know that the man is your father and that your father knows, loves you. But then imagine this, the father suddenly stops, scoops you up in his arms, swings you around laughing, joy-filled eyes locked on yours. And then he heaves you onto his shoulders to continue your stroll, as you talk together, as you enjoy that moment together. Holy Spirit, would you minister to our hearts this morning? We invite you come now. Minister to our hearts in the way that you, you know that each of us need to be, to be ministered to. Show us the wonder of your grace afresh today. Bring healing to our hearts, Lord, where they're hurting. Comfort, a sense of deep security, I pray. Pour out your love upon us afresh. Open our eyes in wonder to the freedom that is ours to enjoy, to participate in, day in, day out, because Christ has set us free. You've brought us out into wide open spaces, God. No longer slaves to, to, to fear, to sin, to death hopelessness, brokenness, that we are sons and daughters, heirs of God. Because of all that you have done, Jesus. We could never thank you enough for that, Lord. could never be enough words. We'll never get to the bottom. We'll never exhaust your praise. Lord, we know that we're just going to be increasingly sensitised to the wonder of your grace in this life and the next, giving you praise for all eternity. We are sons and daughters of the living God, heirs with Christ. Lift up our eyes to see that, Lord. Give us a joy in our hearts. Nothing can touch, nothing can take away because we know that we are children of God we have a father in heaven who desires us desires designed and desires relationship with us we are incredibly precious in your sight so much so that you went to the cross for us Holy Spirit, as we go into this week now, we pray that we would be led entirely by your voice. Holy Spirit, prompt us to take quiet moments with you, to to enjoy the fullness of the reality, the truth that we are sons and daughters of the living God. Cause our hearts to sing. Give us a, a spring in our step, Lord, as we go into this week. Amidst all the trials that may face us, all the temptations that may lie before us, God, we thank you that you have won the victory and that we are secure in the knowledge that we are sons and daughters of the living God. Go before us in all things, we pray, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.